Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's Wednesday, February the 8th. I'm Tony Haggerty. As you know, some things never change. Neither does this face, but there you go. A, at a Haggerty 10 on the Twitter handle. You all know that by now. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald. Aidan, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, Tony. How are you? Yes, uh, very well, I think. Yeah, we'll say I'm well and we'll take it from there. All good. Now, first and foremost, before we get to talk about Celtic, I'll direct you to the bottom of your screen and you can subscribe to the Celtic Way website. It costs you £2 for two months and help us continue to produce top quality Celtic content covering a club like no other. All you have to do is click a button and you can join us www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And we also say thank you to Seneca. The Celtic Way Morning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group. And Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe. And they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. You can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. So we say thank you to them. Now, guys, it's Scottish Cup weekend this weekend, and I want to get the viewers and the contributors involved, Aidan. I want your Scottish Cup memories. I don't just mean finals. I want early round scores, shockers, whatever games that you've been to, memorable Scottish Cup ties. I'm sure Aidan's memories will make me feel like Clive Dunn again, granddad, when I throw up a couple. But get involved. Okay, okay troops, like to hear them. Get them in the comments section and we'll try and read as many out as possible. Now, Aidan, can't avoid it. I want your take on it. Our manager, Mr Ange Postacoglu, has been allegedly linked with the Leeds United job. Now, I have written a piece today and I'll put it in the comments section and I'm saying why he won't go. So, there you go. You can read that, guys, on the site today. Uh, there it is, my my comments on it. If you're interested in that, you can have a read at that bit. Aidan, your thoughts, just because you weren't on the briefing yesterday and it's the, the kind of hot topic surrounding Celtic, so I'll ask you, what do you think? Ange going to Elland Road? Hey, I can't see it, to be honest, not at this moment anyway. Firstly, because I know we don't want it to happen. Secondly, <laughs> uh, just the position weeds are in, you know, it is a wee bit precarious. They could be getting dragged in. Re- in fact, probably the inner relegation battle. If you go there and you don't get a sort of good start, you could end up in the championship next season. And just made clear on multiple occasions that he wants another crack at the Champions League, specifically with Celtic, but the Champions League as well in general. You know, you're not going to get that at Leeds anytime soon. So I think that can be with the fact that he's clearly building a project at Celtic and he's, he's made clear that he's happy. I just can't see him moving right now, Tony. Now, if he remains on his rolling contract, which I don't want to go too much into because I know. There's been plenty of things put on the site about it from really since last season and we've discussed it at times on the briefing. But if he remains on the rolling contract, then the summer is probably a different yeah. uh, kind of kettle of fish. By then, it's probably not going to be leads that are going to be getting linked because they'll, I'm, I'm sure, have a new manager in by then. But that kind of becomes a different discussion because that would be the start of the season you're joining. It would be a bit more time to sort of get to grips with things. But right now, I, I can't see him leaving. And I think... Celtic hopefully trying to better last season in terms of winning a treble as well as you know 
well, hopefully winning a treble, I should say, <laughs> as well as the champ, the hopefully the option of playing in the Champions League next season is going to be the, the things that keep him here for hopefully years to come, Tony, but I think it will least another season anyway. Now, there's a report in one of the newspapers this morning. Uh, it's the Daily Record, and it contains this line, Aidan. It says that Celtic, you know, that are quite confident and are bullish about their chances of keeping hold of uh, Ange Postecoglou. It says, furthermore, Chief Executive Michael Nicholson and Chairman Peter Law believe the 57-year-old is happy, motivated and completely committed to leading a side towards a second Premiership, successive Premiership title, despite any potential interest from across the border. Now, I keep saying it, Aidan. He keeps saying it as well. He is happy, isn't he? You know, so it's uh, <coughs> you have to listen to what he's saying. And Tam McIntyre says, Celtic Board already stated I'm just going nowhere. Yeah, I've just read that quote out there. And, you know, so there seems to be quite a lot of confidence that Angel say, and then Beach Boys come in and says, don't think for a minute, Angel got to lose now, but this time next year with another league trophy and European run in the bag, it's a different story. Yeah, I guess so. Could well be that you've alluded to there, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Beach Boys makes a good point there that if it's another season down the line, like this time next year, for example, if Celtic have hopefully you know, uh, progressed a bit more in Europe, well, that's picking up a few wins in the group stage or maybe, God forbid, even getting to the last 16, Tony. I, I, know, I understand that probably seems a long way away right now, but if we're being positive, uh, and then obviously hopefully added another title as well in the bag, at, then it maybe gets to the stage that Ange does feel he's accomplished a good chunk of what he set out to do at Celtic. Maybe similar to Brendan Rodgers in a way, in terms of, well, his reasons he's obviously given for leaving and that he kind of felt he'd achieved a lot left the club in a good place, etc. I know everybody's obviously got their own thoughts on the way he chose to leave. And I like to think Ange wouldn't walk out in the middle of the season before major cup ties and like whatever it was, 12, 13 games left or something like that in the league. But yeah, and I've, like the commenter says, that, that time next year, those sort of things have happened as well as hopefully maybe adding a cup or two as well to his collection, then it maybe becomes a bit harder. But I think we said this when the Brighton job came up. Yep. That it probably depends on the type of club and really in terms of Brighton that was one that did worry me slightly just because mm. I, I don't think anybody's trying to say that Brighton's a bigger club than Celtic obviously not but Celtic are a much bigger club than Brighton but just in terms of the way they're running and the sort of project aspect that yeah. I know it's not worked out for Graham Potter at Chelsea but he was definitely successful when he was at Brighton, and I think that was maybe one that people did worry about a wee bit because it might be something that appealed to Ange just in terms of what he would get to do at the club. But I don't think Leeds fall into that category. Uh, they do seem kind of a bit of a yo yo team, really. I, I know Jesse Marsh just kept him up last year, but if not, as I've been doing well this season, and it honestly wouldn't surprise me, even if he did go in there and start well, you could still potentially get dragged down and end up getting relegated. So if it is, if it's, I mean, if it's an even bigger job that comes up next season, potentially, or over the summer, you know, say it was, for talking say it was at Chelsea or something like that, then it's a different discussion completely, isn't it? But yeah. I think for now, I don't see him going anywhere, Tony. Angelo Tyro comes in and says, he just built his Celtic team, he's not leaving his boys now, Champions League and a tour to Japan yet to come. And Scott McGill comes in, the first Scottish Cup, Memory, Joel Perry, Doombie's goal to win the Scottish Cup and give Strachan a, a League and Cup double. Now, I'm going to throw a couple in here, guys. 
older than you, obviously, Aidan, but in 1988, the centenary season, Celtic played Stranraer, and he only beat them 1-0 with a goal with Frank McAvaney. Stranraer were in what he deemed the old second division, and there was a guy called Bruce Cleland who emigrated to Australia after the game, funnily enough, and people said it was because he missed a penalty. Celtic were very off-colour, and he missed a penalty, and he also smacked the bar from yards out with an open goal. Celtic really struggled that day, yeah, so that's one of my memories. And the year before, they went to two replays before they put out Aberdeen and a Brian McClare goal at Dens Park when it was a 50-50 split of tickets. And that was a brilliant cup tie. It was freezing, wind and rain, horrible night at Dens, but Celtic triumphed. And yeah, I, I remember those games vividly. Aidan, I'm sure you're going to give me a Tom Rogic invincible Scottish Cup memory or something like that, aren't you? Uh, well, yeah, that that would be the kind of obvious one. But if we're talking about maybe more, maybe not ones that I remember as well. At the Dumbi one was probably the one I was going to highlight. That was one of the. I wasn't at the game. I think I was two thousand six. That was, wasn't it? So yes. yeah, I would have been. I'd have been five. So I think I was maybe a wee bit too young to be at the game. But I, I remember like watching that. I remember like uh, discussing it with my dad and that. And that's sort of the first Scottish Cup related memory that I can remember now. There could be another one in there. I, my first ever game was a Celtic Dumbarton game, but I, I could not tell you if that yeah. was a Scottish Cup or a League Cup. It was around about that time. I have a feeling it might have been the season after that, eh, the 2006-2007 season, rather than 2005-2006. Eh, but So they're, they're probably the, that Dumbay one is probably the first one that I can concretely remember, but there, there could have been another one. In terms of like overall... Like best memories, yeah. The, the Roderick one really is. It's, it's probably a lot of people's sort of best Scottish Cup memory tone, isn't it? Really, even if you have been watching Celtic for many years, that's probably up there with maybe potentially all time greatest Celtic moments. Never mind just Scottish yeah. Cup. Uh, so the Roderick one is probably the obvious one. That during that uh, sort of quadruple treble run, the, the the three final Scottish Cup finals that took uh, place in front of fans, I was lucky enough to go to as well. Obviously. Nobody could go to the quadruple one, <clears throat> treble one because of COVID. But so they were all fantastic as well in their own way. But the Roderick one definitely sticks out in particular. Patrick McLaughlin is coming in. Even obviously, same age, same as me or older than me. Strand Rash should have won that game. I was at it. I was at it myself, Patrick. And talking of the Tom Roderick one, I'm usually quite a mild mannered janitor when I attend football, Aiden. But I wrote about this in the first book and I was there with. My, Tom Rogic one with my father and my nephew and I wrote about how I wished my brother was there because a lot of my memories growing up were being at football with my brother and I should have tried to get my ticket and I didn't and he, he couldn't make it because of work but I should have really forced the issue but that's by and by. So when Rogic scored we were standing just, uh, we were near, near where the press sit, let's put it that way and I was kind of mindful of that as well but uh, when Rogic scored all kind of thoughts of neutrality and mild manager, mild manager janitor just went out the window, and and I just completely and utterly lost it, like all Celtic fans did. And uh, I wrote in the book that I was a kind of cross between the Tasmanian Devil and Yosemite Sam, the cartoon character. And my nephew turned to me and said, he "said that was magic." And I went, "Oh, what 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 a moment!" And he went, "No, no, you losing it." <laughs> he says that that's his abiding memory of that. It wasn't. It's no Tom Rogic's goal. It's no Celtic winning the invincible treble. He always says to me, 
the game you lost it. And I, and I kind of laugh and I say, yeah, yeah. And you say that I wish you would lose it more, you know. So I was kind of laughing, but uh, yeah. So he's he remembers it for that reason. And B Harvey comes in, says, "1975, Big Billy's last game, VRJ, the Cup final. I think it was three-one at finish, was it not? And the celebrations, Billy was hoisting the shoulder of his teammates. He had the same scarf as me around his neck. I had this, I had the same one. I still wear it. I'm sure if it was a 75 Scottish Cup final, you're referring to Celtic one-three-one. I'm sure the viewers will be able to." Correct me in that. Great memories from 88, says Jason Mudgard. Yeah, especially the cup final with Thatcher. I had both Celtic and the United fans showing Thatcher the red card. Sam Hartley comes in. 1967 Celtic v Aberdeen cup final. His first final. Willie Wallace scored twice. And Ian McGuigan comes in and says, first cup final was done firm in 65. Celtic won 3-2. Two, two from Bertie Alton. Historic header from Big Billy. Unforgettable. Yeah, I've, I've watched... Both of those, no doubt you will have on videotapes and DVDs, Aidan. Jerry McCann says the 88 Cup final was his first game as a 10-year-old. What an unbelievable atmosphere, especially when Macker scored the winner in the last minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and FS comes in. My old manager, Janet Tony, is laughing. Yeah, but Hong Kong for your reference there. Aidan, which is an old Hanna-Barbera captain, used to be on the BBC. But yeah, lots of people coming in, Aidan. A- any more Scottish Cup memories stick out for you, Aidan? Like, Rounds, not so much uh, finals and stuff. Uh, rounds, to be honest, maybe not as much. I, I saw a common one is probably without sort of pulling up all the, the ones that are kind of just obvious. Obviously, the Celtic Rangers game that went to a replay after uh, Brown had scored yes. the at Ibrox, and then Mark Wilson scored. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't able to go to that game, but I remember watching it on the the telly, and it was. As we all remember, obviously, I think everybody could probably like actually recite every single thing that happened during that match. But it's <laughs> yeah. a bit of a crazy one, so that's probably one that sticks out, Tony. 2011, I want to say. And even to be fair, see the Scottish Cup win that year, because that was probably the first time Celtic could win the Scottish Cup, and I could like properly kind of appreciate it. When uh, we beat Motherwell 3-0 in the final, yep. he scored Charlie McGrew, actually a few belters in that game. He scored a really good goal, and then uh, Charlie McGrew scored a brilliant free kick. That's probably another one that I would say is uh, in terms of memories. Have you got any other ones? No, but um, uh, yeah, I have. But Patrick McLaughlin comes up and he makes a good point. Billy Thompson was in goal for Dundee United in 1988 and may rest in peace. That's a great shout, Patrick. He was indeed sad news that uh, Billy Thompson passed away, man of uh, many clubs, but most uh, notably Dundee United. And he played in the UEFA Cup final for Dundee United in 1987. Also played for St Man, also played for Rangers as well. But yeah, yeah, uh, sad news that Billy Thompson died. And uh, send condolences, try that again, send condolences to his family. Billy Thompson, very good goalkeeper, ex Scotland goalkeeper as well, his cap for his country. Uh, and oh, yeah, yeah, here's one in Happy Suicide, the 88 semi final versus Hearts. The two goals in t- two minutes when all seemed lost. And they dressed it out of the fire. And uh, yeah, that was, I, I remember being at that. Yeah, uh, Andy Walker, Mark, McG- Mark McGee scored equalised. Andy Walker got the winner. That was just an incredible atmosphere. Uh, incredible. And, and yeah, for those that were there, they'll remember it. You'll, you'll obviously have watched it growing up, supporting Celtic and seeing all the kind of uh, stuff like that. And Jerry Smith comes in, 1972 Scottish Cup final against Hibs, first Scottish Cup final. 6-2, Dixie Dean's hat-trick. 
maybe B six three was that? I don't know. Uh, somebody will correct me on that as well. Could be wrong, but yeah. Uh, Dixie Dean's hat trick, yeah, that's the one. Dixie Dean's did the forward roll. You'll have seen that as well because I love, I watched that myself, even on various uh, videos and DVDs and worn them out uh, watching. But lots of guys coming in uh, talking about uh, the, the finals and stuff and uh, games. Yeah, he was on. Uh, Jeremy McCann says he was also at that game, Tony. Don't know what game he's talking about. What game are you talking about, Jerry? Let me know. Uh, but yeah, it's always a. a I've I love the Scottish Cup as a competition, Aidan. I always loved it growing up, and I loved it. Uh, I loved it. Uh, you know, the FA Cup as well. Growing up as a kid, when we used to show them uh, on on the telly and stuff like that, and it was always a bummer when your team won in the final. You always you were always jealous of the fact that the two who got to the final were contesting it, and uh, yeah, and and one as well where uh, it was a Scottish Cup final and. Roy Aitken get sent off against Aberdeen in 84 and Paul McStay scored a screamer. Ten men Celtic took it all the way. I just remember the kind of joy that I had when McStay scored that goal going off my head as a, as a youngster. Aiden. What a rasper it was as well, but there you go. It wasn't to be that day, but you as a kid growing up, was the Scottish Cup a big thing for you? Yeah, probably when I first started to get into football, really, it was one that I definitely probably appreciated more than the League Cup in a way. I mean, you know what it's like as you get older, when you win a trophy, you're, you're just happy because your team's won a trophy, really. But when I was a wee bit younger, I kind of always had the Scottish Cup viewed maybe like at a higher level than the League Cup, eh, particularly because obviously, kind of around about that time I mentioned it when Celtic won the Scottish Cup in 2011, Celtic had kind of they won the odd League Cup, but there were there was a few kind of shockers in there for going back through them because I know we are talking about a different tournament, but you know, there was games against Kilmarnock, etc. So I kind of went off a wee bit of the League Cup anyway. <laughs> yeah, understandably, probably. But, yeah, it, the Scottish Cup is always a tournament that you like. And I think it's the fact the finals at the end of the season, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I know the Invincible treble was absolutely chucking it down that day. But with the exception, the weather's usually okay. I particularly remember the 2018 Scottish Cup final. When it was a double treble Celtic one against Motherwell, and it was a cracking day. Uh, and it should hopefully be at touch with the Celtic to get there, given the finals at the start of June. Hopefully, it should be a nice day this season as well. But it it's just something about it is right at the end of the season. It's pretty, very much probably the showpiece event of the yeah whole sort of Scottish season. Obviously, I know you've got the league and that, and that is the main priority. I'm not going to dispute that because of what that brings and then potential Champions League or definite Champions League. Sorry, in terms of last season and this season, but. At the Scottish Cup is just you want to be involved in that at the end of the season, regardless of how your seasons went. You want to be involved, and fingers crossed, we are this season. Jeremy McCann comes back. The Hearts game, Tony was talking about the 1981. Now, Paul Andrew Martin comes in with a cracker quarter final versus Dundee United. Celtic were one down, I think, going into injury time in the last minute. And Pierre Van Hoydonk equalised, and then Andy Tom scored. And injury time, Celtic won it 2-1 at Celtic Park. I remember that one uh, in the 90s. That I think it was Bedlam at Celtic Park when, when Andy Tom scored. Yes, great, 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 player. great player Andy Tom was. I think he was very much overlooked for the three amigos, wasn't he? But Andy Tom was a terrific footballer, wonderfully gifted. Uh, 1969 final says Pete McGee when Celtic won 4-0. I've seen that one. That's the one when George Conley takes the ball off John Gregg and walks his round the goalkeeper and scores. Yeah, 
excellent guys loving these memories tremendous it's a uh, wonderful uh, and Paul Byrne comes in and says, the build-up to the Scottish Cup finals on the TV with all the pull-outs in the paper, it was a bigger spectacle back in the day. I remember vividly the 1980 Scottish Cup final against Rangers and the finale, yeah, we all know what happened there. Aiden, the 1980 Cup final ended up in the, as it's known, the, the Hamden riot. My father was at that. Aye, and that's why you can't get a pint at the football anymore. <laughs> They brought in the Criminal Justice Scotland Act, didn't they, in 1980, I think? Criminal Justice Scotland Bill Act 1980, I think that's what it was called, yeah. became a, an act of law that you can drink, at, you can no longer drink at the football. Uh, after the, uh, the events at that match, which I guess uh, was shocking, to be fair, weren't they, you know, just being beamed around the world and <laughs> Derek Crawford coming and seeing your old man to blame Tony. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't deny that he probably had a couple of drinks, yes, uh, enjoyed himself that day, but he certainly wasn't uh, certainly wasn't <laughs> involved in any of the nonsense. I was actually worried. I one of the few memories of watching football in my grand's house Aiden, in Castlemilk and uh, I was delighted Celtic won but then I got worried when I saw the, the pictures but he, he made it home safe and sound. And another memory of watching football in my grandson was the Scottish Cup semi-final in 1981. And I stayed up late to watch it, as if live and Celtic played Dundee United. And I still scratching my head. I, I couldn't fathom why Celtic could possibly lose to Dundee United. But they did. They lost 3-2 in a kind of Hamden classic, as people say. wasn't a classic when you're a eight-year-old kid, you're on nine and your team lost. Don't give me classic, but yeah, Celtic lost to that brilliant Dundee United team and I just I couldn't understand why they lost because it, it was just a cracking game so there you go uh, Patrick McLaughlin was back in I think their last four scores of the 89 season were 1-0 Miller that, I think that was a 1989 Scottish Cup final even Joe Miller scored Gary Stevens shot pass back uh, everybody remembers that that day because uh, Celtic won obviously it's always good when you win, even terrible it's when you lose. I know those are the ones that are most fun with the mental, Tony. <laughs> and also, I was there the other day, Anton Rogan had the misfortune of missing the penalty, first penalty, eh, sorry, first Scottish Cup final to go to penalties, and he missed, and then I think Brian Irvin scored the winner for eh, Aberdeen 1990. Everybody thought Charlie Nicholas would do the honourable thing and miss his penalty, but Charlie was consummate professional and going for a full set of winning medals in Scotland because he'd won the League Cup in the League with Celtic. Wanted the Scottish Cup to add to that and he tucked his away and he put it in the top corner actually. And I was quite annoyed at him for doing that but hey, there you go. See, so he was wearing the red of Aberdeen that day so you can't fault him for that, can you? Cannot. Yeah, uh, anything else bring to mind, Aidan? More, more prominent, more recent? Well, just to be honest, the fact that you mentioned kind of two more painful memories there, I wasn't going to mention <laughs> they did pop in. There was the uh, now was it twenty eleven? I think it was twenty twelve. Uh, Celtic Hearts uh, Scottish Cup semi final. Might have been twenty eleven. Oh yeah, yeah. He scored a penalty right at the end. Celtic yeah. were very good. In fact, I think Gary Hooper's equalised right at, at the end. Might have been offside. If I remember rightly, but I was a mascot that day. So uh, really? yeah, right. for, for the referees, funnel enough. So I don't know what that says, Tony. <laughs> but uh, I don't even know we see that that often now, but it was like the ref 
sort of the referee and the two linesmen and the fourth official all had like a mascot and then there was like player mascots as well. So uh, yeah, I, I got to actually keep the the coin that was flipped to decide, you know, who would who would take centre for that game. And uh, to be honest, I don't think the coin was really kept that long after <laughs> the match because it was uh, it was not a good result. But that sticks right in my head because just when you were talking about that thing of you could never see Celtic losing at Dundee United, and now that yeah. Dundee United team probably at that time was far superior to the team that Hearts had. Obviously, it was a decent enough Hearts team. They also beat Hibs 5-1 in the final that year, but uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't see Celtic losing that. Even though I think it was only a few months prior, I'd watched them lose to Kilmarnock in the cup final, so I probably should have realised, but uh, <laughs> I had I was just also was so like, hyped up for the day and stuff, and I just assumed Celtic would turn up and win quite comfortably, but it was anything but so. Just I, I didn't want to bring it up, but since you mentioned a couple of harder <laughs> members, I thought for a wee bit of balance, I would chuck that one in. There. Yeah, well, they don't always win in the Scottish Cup, either. You know, ah, they don't. Oh, last season, Tony. Even last That's, season, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Aiden, not a lucky mascot. Yeah, last season, yep, they lost the Scottish Cup semi Rangers and denied them the opportunity to maybe go on and, and win the treble. That was a sore one as well that day, wasn't it? Yeah, they just sell to be able at it, to be honest. I know it did go to extra time in the game, and I know they were leading, but it just wasn't that great a performance. I, I suppose if, if Carter Vickers scores that chance, Correct. I put a thought about that straight away. You can tell I replayed that in my head a few times. If he <laughs> scores that chance, he probably do win the game, but I think overall, and pretty much admitted himself that the team went after that day. So fingers crossed he can go one better this year. Jackie Duffy comes in and says 1961-62 Cup final replay, beaten 3 0, I think, by Rangers. Gave away Sammy Davis Jr. tickets to go and see Celtic. Oh, wow. There you go, eh? That's a, a big sacrifice. Gerrit Crawford, 1995 final when Big PR scored the header to beat your J was a massive one. It was Celtic's first trophy in six years. Strachan Laptop come in, saying 1995 was class and 1989, says Stephen Hill. Stephen Healy, we Joe Miller to bust Rangers treble. And Pete McGee says, losing in the Scottish Cup is nothing compared to the pain of losing to final in the European Cup final. I cried for hours. Different tournaments, Pete McGee, yes, indeed. You've got his beat there. You've got his beat there. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people cried when Celtic lost to Porto in the UEFA Cup final in 2003. So, yeah, Kirsty O'Connor, loved we Joe Miller. Michael Ross, 1995, was huge. Real mixed bag there. I'm loving this Aiden of uh, memories and stuff like that. I, I love it when we throw it open to the the contributors to to tell us their memories because obviously everybody's is, is different, isn't it? Uh, and you know yourself, your more recent memories as well. Some good, some bad. Yeah, I mean obviously I'm I very much understand that in recent years Celtic have been pretty much flawless in the uh, Scottish Sports Cup with the. Obviously, I know we said last season, and then there was obviously the the COVID season. But really, outside that, the, the cups in general, the you know quadruple treble and that, and then even before it, under Dylan Lennon, there was still the odd cups being won here and there. So I'm, I've been quite lucky to be fair. But yeah, there's always you know there's always the the odd bad one mixed in there, Tony. It's going to happen if you're constantly getting to semi-finals and finals. You're not going to win all of them, unfortunately. Yeah. But hopefully, that's not a problem we face this season. But anyway. That'll be discussed at a later day, I'm sure. <laughs> Derek Croft goes back in that. Cameron Carter Vickers chance to heartbreak it in, yet scalped the bar against Rangers for 2 0. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was. I checked in at the Hobby Hotel <laughs> that day, man. That was, uh, that was, that was brutal. 
I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Pete McGee comes in, yes, 2003 wasn't far behind in terms of the pain, Tony. So, about the FA Cup final and the European Cup final in 1970. Patrick McLaughlin saying 95 was massive, even bigger because of what happened to Celtic in the Coca Cola Cup final, yep, when they lost to the Rovers and penalties, yep. And Kirsty O'Connor saying, remember, I sat in the cafe in Rutherland when they won the league in 1995. Uh, I think she thought about uh, maybe when Rangers won the league in 95, possibly, yeah. And Derek Crawford saying, yep, 2003 was so sad that Pete McGee and Pete McGee saying sadder that he couldn't be in Seville. There you go. And Sam, Sam Hartley, a lot of fantastic memories, some of which I'd forgotten yet. Same with, well, same with myself, Sam, a couple of memories there that are thrown up, but maybe just before my time. And uh, I've seen the highlights of games, but I've not actually seen the whole game. So I think a couple of people corrected the, the Hibs Scottish Cup final score and stuff like that. I've only ever seen the Celtic goals, to be honest, dude. <laughs> That's what happens when, you, when you're uh, making compilation videos of, of uh, highlights from Celtic's uh, history. Tony, due to happy suicide, remember two blokes dressed as clowns with guitars and Celtic end? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I always wondered who they were. Well, if they're watching, hopefully they'll maybe uh, identify themselves. Feeling that. Uh, but there you go. Uh, and Derek Crawford seeing he was there without a ticket and can't remember too much, to be honest. Probably talking about Seville. But yeah, Aiden, there's half an hour we've covered Ange Postacoglu not going to Leeds and more or less the uh, kind of potted history of Celtic in the Scottish Cup because they play St Mern first round tie this week at Celtic Park. As I say, I love doing these uh, nostalgic look back at uh, games uh, in, in Celtic's history because, as I say, everybody's memory is different and it's just great to get their take on it, isn't it, Aidan? Yeah, it's always good to see like everybody has their sort of own individual memories that whether positive or negative, they specifically remember that for a reason. Obviously, we all know about the the classic ones, sort of you mentioned the centenary season and that, etc. The the Roger Cup final. But yeah, it's always interesting to see what other people's thoughts are. I won't recreate my Roger Cup final celebration. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, yeah. You, maybe at the end of the season, Tony. Maybe yeah, I'll maybe I'll maybe recreate it at the end of the season if Celtic maybe win the treble or something like that. I, I can kinda jump around, but there was a fair bit of pogo going on and uh, screaming and uh, kind of plot loss, you know, uh, but hey, shape loss as well, Aidan, just, you know, if you can imagine me losing my shape, yep, indeed, but it amused my nephew, Matthew, if you're watching, yep, yep, you still talk about it, yeah, <laughs> Brown Warrior, have they renamed it, Tony? I always called it the Celtic <laughs> and on that note, I think that's a brilliant note to end on, Aidan, Aidan, thanks for your contribution today. First class. Yes. Love, love hearing your memories as well. It's always kind of contrasting with my own. And I'll just direct you to the ticker running along the bottom, guys. Subscribe to the Celtic Way website for £2 for two months and help us continue to produce top-quality Celtic content covering a club like no other. You can join us, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe a wee morning briefing with a difference guys hope you enjoyed that love the fact that you take part thanks for your comments thanks for your memories excellent stuff really enjoyed that and before we go i'll just say thank you to our sponsor seneca medical group the celtic way morning briefing is now sponsored by seneca medical group and seneca the number one hair transplant company in europe 
and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Aidan, thank you so much. Excellent stuff. Cheers, Probably, guys. Thanks for that. We'll do it all again tomorrow and we'll maybe preview the St. Martin game or look ahead and see what's happening in the world of Celtic. Thanks a lot. Take care. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Cheers, guys.